Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Bob. Hey, Bob. He's a four-time tire rotation champion. When he was a baby, his first words were automatic transmission fluid. Bob's so cool, he has engine coolant running through his veins. And then there's Kyle, also known as premium unleaded. Legend has it that Kyle can change your oil with his toes and that he can tell your tire's air pressure just by how you're walking. He's Bob, he's Kyle, and every Saturday morning they morph together to form the greatest superhero known to man, Mr. Mechanic. Check engine lights don't stand a chance. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show on 1110 KFAB. Okay, good Saturday morning to you. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. This is an interactive call-in show where you call with the questions, and uh, we'll give you the top three answers. What we've, uh, what we've come across, what we've seen. You know, you've got those projects that you're trying to get done, or uh, just a car you're trying to get fixed for Monday so you can get back to work. We're Buchanan Service Centers at 50th and Dodge, 80th and Dodge, and guaranteed breaks at 49th Avenue and Dodge. So we're on Dodge. Stop in, come see us. We're always there. Uh, Kyle's on sabbatical this week, so Carl's filling yes, in is. for Carl. Glad so, to be here. Yeah. So uh, we got, what, I don't know, 120 years experience, don't we, Kyle? Or Carl? I so, think so, uh, yeah. We should be able to handle ish. that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> ish. <laughs> Every day adds another uh, another day to it. Yeah, we're so, 10 years. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So I know that there's uh, there's a Husker game going on right now, but what that means is those people that aren't watching the Husker game or don't care about football here, and there are some of you, now is your yep. opportunity to get in. Yeah. Because, you know, the lines get filled up. You never get in most of the time because everybody else, well, those people are probably out watching the football game. So your opportunity is to get in and see what's going on. So, uh, you know, it's going to be a little bit of, I think uh, it'd be a good weekend. It'd be a good weekend to get uh, get out and do some work on your car. It's yeah. not super hot like it was a, a while back cooler. where it's 100 degrees. Thank yeah. God it's cooled oh. off just a little bit for everybody and us. Absolutely. The uh, the 100 degree takes a, a big toll on everybody that works outside, and especially a hot shop with the uh, no breeze. Car running and... Yeah. Car running. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, yeah, we need the, you know, in the hundred degree days, we need to fix all the cars outside versus bringing them in and, and see yep. what kind of bacon we can do on the inside. I tell you what, um, you know, I, I, I'm going to start off with something funny here. I found, which was kind of interesting. There was, um, over in Europe, um, or the UK, they had a couple cars that were stolen and it was a 19, 19- 85 Ford LTD station wagon and a 65 Grand Prix. How'd they get those over there? Well, they imported them over there. So, and those kind of cars are very, very rare over there. And so, I mean, here you see them all over the place in car shows and things like that. But over there, there's like two. Well, they got stolen. Wow. They turned up though. 
they turned up at a demolition derby. Oh, boy. <laughs> they are done. They are just absolutely done. Uh, they don't really know who stole them or how they got to it, but they're pretty sure they'll be able to get down to the to where it happened and how it happened because there's only two in the country. So uh, They're big and heavy enough. They're going to win the derby. They well, I think they did. They, <laughs> they won the derby. So uh, American muscle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you can you imagine going to a demolition derby with a uh, all of them are minis, and you show up with a Renault. Yeah, yeah. You show up with a seventy-eight Ford LDT station wagon yeah. or a sixty, you know, eighteen feet long Pontiac yep. Grand Prix. I oh my! Get out of my car and walk away. Yeah, you're a shoe in. Oh my gosh! You're gonna. But anyway, I thought that was kind of funny. It was always a that weird is. story that goes on, and that just kind of came across pretty quickly. So. All right, we're going to head over to John real quick. John's in with uh, 04 Suburban. John, what's going on with your car today? Well, you know, it's uh, uh, talking about the LTD before we get to the Suburban. Uh, uh, just as uh, you were just saying, they are a lot of steel and iron. And my dad had a 76 LTD uh, with a 460. And it, that, uh, you know. You could watch the gas meter go down when you hit the floor, but uh, yeah. Oh, so you beat it a uh, little was, bit when you got a hold of it. Huh? Yeah, well, everybody had to put their foot to the floor, didn't you? You had to see what a force. Yeah, oh yeah, it, it it would just yeah yeah it was like wait, there's a gas station, we got to pull over. Yeah, so it was. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but you would definitely win a lot of demolition derbies with that for sure. Yeah. No, uh, they, they, so, uh, they didn't say if they won, they, but we're just. I'm assuming that they won. Um, but you know. Well, my. My grandpa had an LTD station wagon, like you were saying, and it got, it's what he pulled his horse trailer with. Yeah. And it actually got hit by a, it got hit by a semi and they didn't total it. <laughs> so it, they didn't total it the semi? came out with a demolition derby with the semi uh, in good shape too. So that, yeah, those, they just <clears throat> heavy cars with a lot of, a lot of uh, horsepower and big engines. So yeah, yeah, how much safer have we come over the years instead of just going down to you, you, uh, U-Haul and just latching those uh, clampers around the back chrome bumper and then hooking your your <laughs> car trailer or whatever on and hauling that out to Yellowstone or your camper and yep. it's amazing. More yeah. campers didn't come off and go down the ditch and and kill people, but it's uh, the yeah. bumpers were sturdy, but those were. Those were an afterthought, well, for sure. It is interesting, as long as we're talking about this, the uh, newer cars uh, you know, uh, uh, are designed to crumple, where those old cars were not. They no. were built heavy, and they, so you're, you, you, the shock went to your body instead of the car absorbing the, the, all the energy. And, uh, uh, yeah, my wife, I know, was in an accident one time, and she uh, got a visit from one of those national safety transportation guys, and he was the guy who was finding out, you know, the injuries and what happened and looking at the wreck. And then they, they, you know, they make, uh, you know, suggestions yeah. to the engineers to, to make them much safer. And that's where they've come as those old cars. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't crumple. <laughs> no, that's absolutely the truth. You know, back in, in the yeah, 65 Pontiac, you were the pinball inside the car. And now yeah, yeah. that's why when you see accidents out there and you come by and say, wow, that really got whacked hard. Well, it did, and maybe even not that hard, but they're so designed to crumple up to, to lessen the, you know, it's cheaper to fix that car or total it than it is to have somebody sit in the hospital for a week or two. Right. Or, or month right. so they, it's all it's, <laughs> right yeah it's all about the dollar and they figured out how to make it uh 
cheaper on them and and safety for us. And we we I think we benefited right. after the fact. That's what I think. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, we. <laughs> anyway. Well, yeah. Anyway, so the 2004 Suburbans uh, uh, got a lot of miles on it, uh, and uh, the heater, uh, air conditioner heater. Uh, it doesn't matter whether I turn it to cold or hot. It's just kind of lukewarm all the time. So I don't know whether it's uh, the control unit or what, but well, it's it's got a lot of age to it. Yeah, on those old four Suburbans, they had a, a big problem with the, the HVAC control head. Yeah. And uh, the other possibility is the uh, the blend door actuator motor that can move back and forth. Yep. And uh, those are, I'd, I'd have to say the control heads are probably more common than, than the blend door, wouldn't you, Carl? Did quite a few of those. Yeah. yeah. They, they had just a bad circuit boards in there. Um, and, you know, once they got out of that era and went into the next era, because I think that went up to 07, yeah. and, oh, excuse me, 06, and then once they went into 07 and did a different design, then all, all the problems went away. Yep. And to get a used one like that, it doesn't, you're probably not going to get a good one unless you got one that was already been replaced and, and been that way because yeah. their biggest problem, too, was the uh, the backlighting, the uh the printed circuit board went bad. The backlighting was there, and you, at the dark, you couldn't tell what you uh-huh. were doing. They, it was it was dark. <laughs> you you turn the dome light on in order to, to adjust whatever you had if it was in the evening. So, so getting a a, a a brand new kind of factory fresh replacement, if that's what it is, would be what you would suggest. It would probably be yeah, probably be what I would suggest, just because finding and you might find a good used one. It just depends on if it yeah, like you said, s- supply and demand a little maybe. bit. Yeah, it might be getting the same problem again though, since it's already got a lot of. Yeah, uh, yeah. One of the one on of it, the worst yeah. things to do is get a part, yeah. and then it don't work, and you say, okay, well, I know I've diagnosed it right, and then it throws you into left field, and you're going, well, uh, it's got to be something else. No, it's no, you've diagnosed it correctly. Or, or it works for three months, or it works for three months, and then you're back where you started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And Dorman might even make that now. Yeah, probably Google that. Yeah, through the aftermarket, I, I'm sure that they've once they get so many years out, General Motors could really care less about any of that. They've discontinued it. That goes into the aftermarket. You got aftermarket suppliers that uh, will will take that over and start making that. That's a lot of times how we get parts for older vehicles. Because there's yeah. around here they rust away, but yeah. California, Florida, they they stay around forever. Right? I'm always happy when I. So you would. So you would go in and test the the, the blend doors as well to make sure that uh, that it's not it's one or the other most likely. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna okay. check. We're gonna we got a scanner we can hook up and then we can kind of check the operations of that and and check the blend door actuator motors to make sure they're moving like they should and maybe even take it off a little bit to make sure the door moves back and forth and ain't and stuck. Move the door. And- yeah, make sure there's not something stuck down there. Somebody threw a marble down there, or a pencil went down. Paper clip. Yeah, yeah paper clip, pencil, uh, marble. I think the most expensive one we had, we had to pull apart, was a uh, statue of the uh, of the Virgin Mary. <laughs> Somehow she made it down the uh, she made it down the defrost vent all the way there, all the way to the bottom in the, of a Lexus, and uh, that's what hung up. And we had to tear the entire dash apart because it just kept blending. Wow. It kept blending warm air with cold air, and we could never get really cold air. We could only get 80-degree yeah. air, even though everything worked. And, uh, yeah, that was an expensive that was an expensive drop from the defroster, I'll tell you what. Yep. 
Listen, but yeah. we got it fixed. So, yeah. well, of course. Yeah, we'll try that. Right. And let, let me know and uh, call if you need some help. We'll do. Appreciate the call. All right. Thanks. Bye. All right, we're going to take a quick break on Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 some numbers to get in, and uh, we'll answer your questions. Let's go, boys. Well, I flattened all your tires, disconnected all your wires, then I stuck a banana in your tailpipe. I didn't latch your hood when I told you it was good. Then I farted in your seat. Oh, man, that's right. The best thing about being mean mechanic is when you break down, I don't have to give up. Whoa, oh, I'm totally crazy, totally lazy, and kind of hazy. From the fifth of Jack, I drank. Now I'm kind of buzzed in your Cadillac. Greasy hands, greasy pants on your leather seats. Man, I'm a mean mechanic. Woo! Let's go, boys. All right, we are back on the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in so we can answer your questions and uh, get that car back on the road or at least try to get you an idea what to do before you go get the parts next week and fix it. But, you know, if you fix it now, then we can know next week whether you did got it fixed or not, and we can help you then. So we're going to head over to Amy. Amy's got a 09 Nissan Xterra Pathfinder. Amy, what's going on yeah. today? Um... I, it doesn't want to start when it's below zero. So it's, it's temperamental when it's below 32 degrees, but it, and you can jump start it, but it will flat out not start, even if you're jump starting it, below zero. Um, we've done a lot of looking mm-hmm. online, and it says that um, it could be a manufacturer defect, could be a, a weld in one of the connections, but there's nothing really consistent to be able to track down exactly what it is. It could be a part that's $1,000 plus labor, or it could be put a boat battery in it and see if that helps. Right, <laughs> right, right. And, yeah, I, so when it, for mechanic-wise, for us, we, we've got to go, first of all, when you say won't start, we've got to discern what won't start means. So it has a dead battery at times below zero and so there's nothing on the dash nothing like that no power correct okay and that that's why you're going for a bigger battery because it's uh you want the reserve capacity to be bigger so that it, it can stay alive for so for some reason this is being drained down overnight only when it gets that that uh, cold right mm-hmm. okay that is interesting. So, if it's a drain on the system, yeah, there, there's several modules in there, and any of the modules um, could be creating a significant drain to run the battery down. And I'm going to assume that you probably got a, a new battery, if not a couple of them. I'm sure you've tried to fix that problem. Exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> it, the, I guess the thing to do, and I'm maybe you've done this before. I'm going to kind of go through some scenarios. Is that okay. You're going to have to kind of check a have a draw test done when it actually is having a problem. Um, 
and and right about 50 milliamps is the is the cutoff line. Anything above 50 milliamps is too high, and, and the you know garage or technician is going to have to figure that out. They're going to have to pull the battery cable off, put a, a voltmeter between the two, and then they're going to have to measure that that milliamps to see what it is. Um, above 50 is going to be too high. If it's somewhere around the 12 to maybe 25, that's normal, and, and most all cars have that. Um, I would imagine you probably got a, a module of some sort, and it used to be just one computer for the runs of the car and one BCM computer that runs all the internals. Now that you have all sorts of modules, it could be anything, and that I'm thinking the the cold weather is probably shrinking. The cold, the frost. Is- yep, yep. You're getting a frost, and you're getting a, a coating on something, or that it's all shrinking the, the circuit board. It's making a short somewhere in a system. Uh, and that's why it's so there, because once it's warm, it never seems to have a problem, correct? Right. Is there anything else you're putting in in the in the wintertime that would, would lead us to that, like plugging in a block heater, um, things that you do, you know, that you wouldn't normally do in the, in the summertime? Anything like that? Well, not a block heater, but a battery, you know, hooking it up to a plug-in battery charger overnight does help help it keep its charge. Um, she's at, in college now, so that's not an option. Right, right, right. <laughs> I'll get it anywhere. Is this, a, is this a car that gets driven all the time, or in the wintertime it just has a tendency to sit for a while, or is this a daily driver then? Daily driver. Okay. Yeah, your only two and options. Go, the, go ahead. If we, put heat, if we put heat into the gas, that does help in between the – 32 degrees and the zero um for some reason it's just not liking the that cold weather um but putting heat in the red bottle of heat um does help but anything below zero we're done but see that's that shouldn't make any difference at all because you're that's if the car won't crank and and it doesn't crank right it doesn't go and won't start right Below zero, it does not. Yeah, yeah. So that putting heat in there is, you know, it's not a bad idea for the moisture and stuff like that, but that should not affect anything that goes on there. Now, if you told me that this car cranks and won't start and gets down to sub-zero, then I, I maybe have an answer for that. Uh, mm-hmm. That Back in that era, they had a problem with the, the fuel pump sending unit. Yes. And the power would go through the top of the fuel pump sending unit and then go down to the pump. Well, in between the plastic piece in there, it would get corroded terminals and connections and would have a problem. But that would be more on the side of this car cranks and cranks and cranks over but won't catch a hold and start. That is okay. kind of that, – that happens in that era. However, I, I don't think I've ever seen a draw come from that. No. Um, a draw is – Something like leaving the headlights on, leaving um, a battery, you know, something plugged into the uh, volt source or cigarette yeah, lighter. Yeah, cigarette lighter. So that you run your phone and charge your phone. Those, those uh, we ran into one the other day that would, drew a, a ton of amps on it. it drew like uh, 15 milliamps, and we had to pull it. And after that, it went back to normal. So well, she's always got her charger plugged in, and then another thing plugged in too. So maybe don't do that when taking it gets those cold. out, but. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, maybe when it, it's not real cold, you got to, yeah, because when it's warmer out, the, the reserve capacity inside of a battery is going to be much, much higher than it is when it's super cold out. 
And yes, if you want to go out and get the the biggest and baddest battery, what that does is just give you more reserve capacity um, to do that. And then okay. that's yeah, it's it just it's honestly when you mentioned it could be this or could be that, but it's going to be easier to fix it when it's actually doing. And I know that's tough, but right. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I tell you what, the, and, and we've had this happen before. We've, you know, it's not a car that maybe everybody drives and they say, Hey, there's some cold weather coming up in about two weeks. I'm going to make an appointment. I'm going to bring it down. I'm going to drop it off. And, mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be there at your shop, for example, when, uh, when it's sub zero, so you have a chance to check it. We, we've we've had that done. Yep. So okay. same thing on the super ride. This doesn't happen sometimes until it's. Uh, we had one the other day. Never had a dying problem um, below ninety five degrees. In those last hundred degree days, he calls and says, "I'm I'm leaving it with you. Just go drive it." And sure enough, it died. It had a problem, mm. and we were able to tell specifically what it is. Otherwise, you take a little bit of an educated guess. Not getting it to happen, and that's part of. Any diagnostic, whether you're fixing cars or fixing people, right? Yep, one way yeah. or another. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I get that because um, it's not throwing any codes either. So right. right, and I and I doubt that it would because a computer that's having a problem or a module that's having a problem has a real hard time self-diagnosing itself. Um, it can diagnose other things in the car, say, "Hey, that's bad. This is bad." But when it comes to the brains of it, they the the module never says it's bad. It just never does. I would also keep, okay. I would also keep maybe a little bit of a list of maybe what you've done a little bit and say okay this is what we had we 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 took care of we pulled this plug out we did this we did that anything that's maybe significant even how small um, so when you take it over to your mechanic you can show him this is kind of what I've done because I tell you what and Carl can attest to this it's the small things. Um, that that you have maybe written down, or that turns the tables on a car repair going one way or the other. Okay. It, it's it's not always uh, this. It's just one thing that heads us into a different area. Okay. So, try that. Let us know. More than happy to help. We're we're going to be around even through the winter time. So yep. if it doesn't get going, we can uh, certainly get it in and figure it out for you. Help you out. Sounds great. Thank you. You bet. Appreciate the call. Have a good day. Bye. All right, 558-1110 is the numbers to call and get in, and uh, we'll be back in a minute. All right, we are back on the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in so we can help you answer your question and uh, figure out which car is going on. So uh, we are Buchanan Service Centers, 80th and Dodge, 50th and Dodge, and guaranteed brakes at 49th Avenue and Dodge. Uh, so we're on Dodge, been there for 40-plus years, and uh, we're going to remain there. So uh, stop by and see us if you got a car problem. So, you know, I'm going to quickly go through uh, one article that I've seen here. And, you know, we're all in a rush. I guess we're not all in a rush. Um, the manufacturers seem to be in a rush. The government seems to be in a rush to do electric cars. Well, now they got the new EV pickup towing tests for the Hummer, the Rivian, and the uh, F-150 Lightning, which I think all do pretty well. Hummer has a bigger battery than the other two. Um, so they were towing a 33-foot trailer, um, 85 degrees outside, flat highway, 70 mile an hour, uh, between 16, 13 and 16 pounds of truck and trailer all together. Um, just kind of skimming through this just a little bit. We're, 
about a hundred mile, hundred and ten miles. So you're getting hundred miles for the uh, F-150 and the Rivian, and about a hundred and ten for the Hummer, hundred forty for the Hummer, hundred and ten for the Lightning, and about a hundred for the uh, Rivian. So, I guess if you're not going camping very far, yeah, and maybe a lot of people don't, you can make it to Springfield and back. Yeah, or you make it there. So. I suppose you could probably plug in at the camper site. But if you've ever been camping, there's always seems to be some sort of brownouts when everybody's running their air conditioning, when it's 100, and 100 degrees at the campsite, and yours yours doesn't seem to work. Uh, so now you got to take the choice of whether to charge the truck to get home <laughs> or charge the air conditioner or you know, run the air conditioner to keep cool. Yeah, so I think there's a lot of work to be done there. Um, because you know, if if you're pulling a camper, like everybody went and bought a camper during pandemic and hauling it around. And I'm sure there's a bunch of them that aren't, you know, aren't being used now, but, uh, there's a lot of people out there that I see on the interstate that are hauling all over the place. I mean, there was a ton of them on, on the interstate yesterday and, uh, that's a big deal. And you know, the one thing that you don't do, you don't mess with guys and their trucks. You don't, you don't, you leave those guys alone because, uh, they're the guys that buy cars and SUVs, and uh, they don't like their trucks messed with. So, all right, we're going to head over to Mike. Mike's got an 05, excuse me, 06 Ford Explorer. Mike, what's going on today? Yeah, I got an 06 Explorer, and the rear window wiper motor, you turned it on, and it worked, and now it don't. Would that be a fuse? Uh, potentially, to start with. Um, what Where you- would that yeah, most likely it's going to be in the car, inside the car. Most of the time you have two fuse boxes, one's out underneath the hood and one's inside the cabin underneath the dash. Most of the time your fuses for inside the cabin are going to be at that fuse box inside the car. Most of the time. Every once in a while on newer cars they'll start putting them outside and make the fuse boxes inside a little less. Um, does it, so it just quit? Yeah, um, it would work fine yeah. and just quit all of a sudden? Yeah, just quit. Okay. Well, uh, my guess is you might find a blown fuse, but it's why did the fuse blow? Did the fuse blow because of the motor going bad? My guess is, at least on that particular vehicle, being an 06, I'm going to say that, that tailgate's been up and down probably about 20,000 times. Follow the wiring up where the hinges are mm-hmm. and, and pull back a little bit of that rubber... Oh, cover, cover accordion-looking stuff in there. And mm-hmm. check probably, there's about, I would say, three to maybe four wires. Check in there first and see if any of those wires um, have been broken or busted or shorting out. Okay. Very common for that. And how many times that gate's been open, how many times them wires have been and been twisted back and forth. That, that'd be the first place i look, and it's easy to look. You just lift it up and pull that yeah. stuff back and... Aha, there's it your problem. It is relatively common Yeah, happens. Yeah, then you can go check your fuse after that, and, and maybe, it, maybe it all goes away on its own by just fixing some wires and doing a fuse. It's not uncommon for rear wiper motors to go bad because in this part of the climate and in this part of the state, all that salt gets back there. You don't use it every day, and it just locks itself together. So um, it is very common for that to go bad and, and blow a fuse too. So. But I'm just trying to head you towards the first easy thing and then the next thing. 
Okay. Again, thank you very much. Yeah, appreciate yeah, the problem. call. Yeah. Thank you. All right. You know, you know, Carl, so many things just go bad back there because of all the salt. And <laughs> you just, what, uh, wiper motors, the, the handles back there, the door latches. Um, yeah, lock actuators, everything that's in the rear tailgate. Yeah, yeah, and you take it through the wash just to get it all off. Now you've added more water to the mix that can drip down and and uh, we you know we've got one vehicle that comes in and it seems like it always has a rear tailgate latch that's just rusted together and it seems to happen on a toilet all the time and and uh you put in you can't fix the old one because it's too rusted put a right. new one in it's ready to go for another five years yep yeah we've done that several times all right we're going to take a quick break on the mr mechanic show 558 1110 the numbers to get in we'll be back in a minute All right, we are back in the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 the numbers to get in and uh, see if we can help you fix your car. We were talking a little bit off air about the, oh, what was that one? Uh, the, the, Nissan, wasn't it? The Nissan Xterra that was going dead. Yeah, you know, we had a thought, Carl had a thought a little bit about that um, relays, relays in the fuse box. And those relays open and close and open and close. That's why air conditioning relays go bad so often is because they just kick on and off and on and off and over relays uh, engineers have cycled in how many times that relay is going to go on and off and for an air conditioning relay that might be 20,000 cycles and then it dies and then you have to get a new relay but when it gets sub-zero as everybody knows uh, because when they started their car how much your car whines and moans and grinds and and just not happy about it until it gets warmed up that relay could uh, close and just does not have the strength to open back up and especially on sub-zero it, it can certainly do that so it's hard it, it would be difficult to say which relay would be causing that problem but you might be able to look and say okay i've got five relays here and that five relays are you know five or ten bucks a piece and just go replace the relays and and solve see that problem yeah, yeah see what happens you might even be able to take a picture of what you have go to the salvage yard and find all those relays and then replace them back again. And uh, that way you, the picture allows you to be able to take everything where you want, pull all the relays and kind of go from there. So that's one option. Um, and maybe the problem goes away and you, and you don't know. The chances of you having relays bad in, in another vehicle versus yours is um, very, very high. I mean, you just that's just an, a not a common thing because. But it does happen. But it does happen. Oh, yeah, yeah, it'll happen. It'll stick or won't come on. Most of the time they stick closed and they won't come on and something doesn't work. But they're electromagnets, and they can get weak over a period of time, and the cold affects a lot of stuff. So we're going to head over to Brian. He's got a 1986 Chrysler Fifth Avenue. Brian, you got to be the last guy driving this. Yeah, I picked it up a few months ago. So it's got a 318 two-barrel uh, 904 torque flight transmission. Uh, oh, I don't know a whole lot about it, but I was having some issues with the transmission and leaking fluid and everything. I think the previous owner was using Dectron 3 in it when it was supposed to be ATF Plus 3, which doesn't really exist anymore. Mm-hmm. So my first question on that would be, can I go ahead and put the ATF Plus 4 in there and just kind of change the fluid or do i need to flush it ap uh, um so as that 
as everything generates up in that in that number, so it was ATF plus three, and then plus four is superseded a, that. Superseded that, so it accommodates three and four. I don't think we've seen five yet, but I'm sure that's coming at some point. Um, yes, yes. The answer to that question is you can use four in place of three. Same with the General Motors. Everything that used the Dextron three, you could go Dextron six. It's just a yeah. synthetic base fluid. Uh, so that's not a problem. Do you want to intermix it? Um, I Yeah, I don't think there's an issue with that no. because it's superseded. It's taken everything from what it on the three and added it to the four. There shouldn't be a problem with that. I, you know, if, if okay. I recall, Chrysler, or those, Carl, those Chryslers just had a lot of leaks to begin with. They did. There was a lot of different things. And being that that age, I would imagine most of the seals are dry and not sealing like they should or want to anymore. Do <laughs> you see a lot yeah, of spots yeah. on the ground? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, one of the issues I did find already, I got to check it again, the transmission pan bolts are loose. Yeah. So, so I don't know if they just got worked out through vibration and I need to put a little bit of Loctite on there to keep them in. They will. And they're, they're all pretty much coarse thread bolts, too, so they yeah. work themselves loose uh, easier than what a fine thread bolt will. And that was very okay. common for that. I mean, uh, what, transpans, uh, speedometer seals, yep. uh, front pump seal, you know, all that kind of stuff. You know, there is, uh, you know, you might even try a little bit of a mechanic in a can, depending on how big your leak is. You you know, you could get like a, I think there's uh, additive like Transex a little bit that will help. You'll have a little bit of swell seal in there that allows that stuff to kind of swell up the seals a little bit to kind of make them a little tighter. Soften them back up from okay. years yep. of age. Yep, soften them back up. Um, but yeah, that's about that's about the only you can do. And yes, you, you can you can upgrade that fluid. That's not a problem. It, draining it, if it's working fine, I think I'm adding to it. I don't think I'm going to yeah. go through and drain it all out and put new in. We don't want to. Sometimes a gritty old fluid. Is what's holding everything together and making it shift. <laughs> you put brand new yeah. slippery fluid in there, and uh, all of a sudden you've ruined your classic. You know, and if that pan gasket was quite old when you tightened the bolts up, you could have split that even more. So yep. you might want to just drop the pan, put a new gasket and filter in there. Yep. Try that. Okay. Yep. Agreed. Pretty easy to do on that one. Yeah. And then the so the other issue I've had with it, the previous owner had put a new fuel pump and carburetor on it. Uh, the carburetor itself, like the the float guide plate was upside down, which is how I ended up uh, getting a hold of it. <laughs> oh, gotcha. But I, I fixed that, but now whenever I drive it, if I just hold it to the floor, uh, it'll sometimes it gets like around 55, 60 miles an hour. It just kind of like just falls flat on its face. And if I hold it, it takes a few seconds, it'll pick back up. Or if I just let off the gas, it comes back up and I can keep driving normally. Does that have the old lean burn system on it? On that, I think it does. sort of. <laughs> oh, sort of. <laughs> well, that's the first thing you need to do is go around that. Yeah, if you go around, yeah, that's already been bypassed. Okay. Good. Okay. Yeah, that was back, and we had to save gas, and and uh, they didn't know what they were doing, and that's how that came about. Yeah. Well, if it falls flat on his face, Carl, I mean, either the uh, the secondaries are opening too hard, too fast, or you're you don't have uh, your floats a little low, and you don't have enough. Gas in the bowl. Yeah. Or, so, you know, okay. You're running out of gas in the bowl. 
Yeah. Or your fuel filter. Well, that could be caused by the fuel filter too, right? Yeah. Yep. Your fuel filter could okay. be restraining it. It did set for almost a year before I got a hold of it, so there might be some rust in the tank. Yep. 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 Agreed. Well, you brought back the okay. carburetor error to us. Oh my gosh. Wait, <laughs> is this is this car good enough to take to car shows? No. Wow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's, it's just a play thing. I plan on hot riding at some point, but it's it's nice and comfy. There you good. go. There you go. All right, Brian, appreciate the call. All right, we are done with another issue of Mr. Mechanic. Uh, issue. Uh, episode of Hello. Mr. Mechanic. Sorry Series. about that. 558-1110 the numbers to get in next week. Rick Carl, I appreciate you coming in and yeah. answering some of the questions. We will see you next week. All right. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at woodhousebuickgmc.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade.